Welcome to Doug and Joe Talk. I'm Doug. I'm not Joe. <laughs> nope. No Joe tonight. Um, Iowa is effing cold. And it's so cold I should actually say the word instead of <laughs> instead of abbreviating it, but I'm not going to. Um, it's just really cold. And Joe has a farm. And he texted me early this morning and said there's no way I'm going to be able to leave and uh, so I, I hope and pray that he hasn't lost any animals. I hope things are fine on the farm. Um, I work on a farm probably ten times bigger than Joe's, and I didn't go to the farm today. But I know in the last week we've been preparing for the cold, making sure that all of the animals would be warm enough when this cold spell came through. So it's a pretty serious thing, but uh, I'm glad to be here for our two listeners. <laughs> thanks, thanks for coming, Dan. Yeah, and good to be here. and Dan's been on before, so and Dan's been a friend for a long time, and and sometimes he challenges me, and and um, he smokes a little different breed of cigar than I smoke, but I don't pick on him for that <laughs> for, for for a couple reasons because it doesn't do any good. He smokes what he likes, and um, but but I can say that I've smoked them before and they taste good. But they're really short, and they're just a little different style than, than what I like to smoke. You know, what are they called? Uh, they're by BLK? Swisher. And the, yeah, BLK, I guess. Okay. Um, those are known to be high-quality cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well. It's, the, it's a middle-class cigarillo. Okay, at completely, at completely the other end of the spectrum. Now... The, the neat thing is when Joe doesn't come to the podcast, I get to smoke what I want. We actually have pairs of cigars, and Joe and I always smoke the same thing. But tonight, I didn't. You know, I can't smoke one that, uh, you know, that's set aside for Joe because it's because it's in a pair. So I had to dig through my humidor, and this is one I've been wanting to smoke for a while. I think I may have smoked it in the past, um, but it's um, completely the other end of the spectrum from Dan's <laughs> Swisher BLK. That's fair. It's the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series. And I have to be honest up front that I'm only about 90% sure that in my hand I have the natural. There's a 10% chance it's the Maduro, but I think I've seen them both. The natural's pretty dark. That's why I'm not, and it doesn't say on the label whether it's the Maduro. So I'm going to tell you it's the natural. It comes in both natural and, and Maduro. So the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series, which is kind of known to be an amazing cigar. <clears throat> now, uh, let me read you the skinny on the cigar. I'll talk more about it a little bit later. But the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series was introduced in 1994 to commence the Padron Company's 30th anniversary. All the tobacco used in this limited production cigar is aged for a minimum of four years. I hope that's a good thing. I, th I think it would be. Uh, it creates a smooth and complex flavor in honor of the age-old Cuban tradition of box-pressing cigars. This line was introduced as box-pressed. I think that means that some of them now aren't box-pressed. I got this one quite a while ago, and it is box-pressed. This cigar consistently is ranked by industry experts as one of the top brands in the world. Now, I bought this so long ago, I couldn't find the exact price I paid for it. $10 to $15 cigar, <clears throat> and which is a little... A little higher than what uh, Joe and I usually smoke. We, we tend to sit in the eight to ten dollar range, but I pulled this one out because I, I really want to smoke it. Strength should be medium to full. Um, it's it's uh, all Nicaraguan. It's a Maduro wrapper, uh, Nicaraguan binder, Nicaraguan filler, uh, 
and if you've listened very diligently to the podcast, you know that Nicaraguans tend to overpower me a little bit. They kind of give that dirty earth taste that I don't like. But so far, this had started off nice. A um, little bit of spice, very earthy kind of coffee and, and a deep, deep earth. I'm not going to call it dirty earth yet. Not a lot of sweet yet, but some real um, real distinct, distinct either coffee or maybe dark chocolate. I'm not sure yet. I did light it early, <clears throat> um, which I do with longer cigars to make sure I can get through a lot, quite a bit of them during the podcast. So there you go. That's what I'm smoking. And uh, now Dan and I are going to talk about stuff. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, and it's 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 fun with Dan because sometimes he just doesn't give a rip about some of the stuff. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I'm going to start with probably the big thing that I care about. Let me. I gotta gotta get a good draw here. Keep this thing lit. Mm. Damn it. I dropped the ash in Dan's truck. Oh, I suppose I should admit that. We're not in the garage because it's too cold. And my heater would be going, and you wouldn't hear us talk. So um, we decided to meet in Dan's truck because it's warmer. Got the windows cracked to let the cigar smoke go out. But uh, anyway, back back to the, the, the stuff that we talk about. Trump folded on the government shutdown. And so... Here's here's what I think, and, and Dan, you feel free to comment too. We actually talked a little bit pre-show about the fact that um, Dan sort of has a government job, but his his income wasn't affected. So correct. So so that's good. I, I'm glad my friend got paid. But I think if you're gonna make that, can you're gonna say we're gonna shut down the government, and you need to hold your opponent's feet to the fire. You need to say Democrats make the decision, and he didn't hold out. And I kind of feel like he should have held out. But at some point, I guess he's saying, you know, I care about the people that aren't working. I, I get why he why he folded, but I still don't like it. Now, the other side is, I do trust him as a negotiator. I think he's probably better. I mean, he's a billionaire. He's a businessman. And he's negotiated a lot. Right. So he kind of knows how to play people in the negotiation field. And I've been impressed a couple times in the past when I thought, oh, that's a mistake. And then a week later, I'm like, oh, yeah, you got him. So I'm hoping... He's got something up his sleeve, and he knows what he's doing. So I guess I didn't like it, but whatever. Any any input? Yeah, I think my thought process is is this, and I don't I don't know this as a fact, but I am I am guessing that every president that has done a shutdown or been a part of a shutdown or or attach their name to a shutdown, however you, however you look at the, the actual power of the president. Um, I think that they all consciously have a drop-dead date. And that's hmm. that date that is solid-clad. <laughs> if we don't start back up by this date, things are going to get way worse than what the negotiation is worth. And so I think that... And I don't know what that date is. I, I'm not versed enough in the in the inner workings of the government to know what that date is but I'm I'm just pure speculation they were getting close to that date and nobody was nobody was moving and so a decision had to be made whether it was made by Trump or in the name of Trump or however that works um, to say well we we had a good run but uh, this hill isn't worth dying on 
Yeah, that's actually pretty smart, Dan. I hadn't thought about that, but he might have had a date that said, gosh, I, I better cave at this date yeah. so that I look good. Because <clears throat> yeah. I, I really do think the, the thing that makes him a good negotiator is that he always somehow it twists and makes him look good. Right. Even if I'm disappointed in him, it's like, how did he do that? He just made himself look good again. Right, right. And so that that's what he does that impresses me and surprises me, and I'm kind of hoping that that happens. Yeah, he kind of kind of took his own bullet. Yeah. So to speak. Yeah. So, uh, well, and, and so the reason he was shutting down the government was for five million for the wall, which won't even pay for all the wall. Right. And I, Joe, and I've talked in the past. I'm. I'm in favor of the wall. It seems like a, a bit of an expense, but it seems like a necessity, and we, mm. and it's such a small percentage of the national budget that we should just do it. Isn't uh, it like five billion, five billion dollars. Five billion is what he wanted, or five, five billion or million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and but it's going to take probably a little more than that to, sure. you know, get it all done. I, I've heard twenty, but I, who knows yeah. to to get it all built. But but at some point, <clears throat> there needs to be a barrier. <clears throat> I don't think too many people disagree with that. Right. So um, well, and I think the the big disagreement is is a in my opinion again, uh, only my opinion is is in what the wall is really for, and I I think that the common misconception is that it's an immigration issue, um, and I don't think that it's strictly an immigration issue. I think that that's one way that both sides can try to push an agenda. Um, and so that's where the focus lies. But I feel like that's somewhat in, in ignorance. Um, I do speculate that that with an increase in in illegal immigration, um, there is an increase in what is the actual problem, and that is a several mile chunk um, of land where there is no fence at all. Um, that is a drug superhighway, and so I. I feel like um, it, it gets slanted a lot, and and people want to throw the the race card and and all of that in there, um, and it, that's somewhat ignorance by the government as well because they don't just come out and say that's that's not that's not exactly what this is about. Right. It's it's unfortunate that politics plays into it, and and the decision can't just be what's best for the American people. It has to be, oh well, we can't lose fighting you. We have to win fighting you, regardless of what, if even if we agree with what you want. Yeah. We have to win so our party looks good. And so when the politics is wrapped up, it, it sucks. But I like what you said because um, it's a security issue. It's not an immigration issue. Right. And when the liberals talk about it, they talk talk about it as like it's st- a wall will stop immigration and it's because people are racist. But it, it won't stop immigration. Immigration will still continue. Yeah. What it will stop is allowing or at least making it as easy for criminals right. to, to, to cross the border and particularly for me you know women children that are trafficked that's a that's a big issue um, that I'd be willing to spend money on you know even even if it was more money yeah because that's just that's a horrible thing and you know there may be other ways to fix it but just just build the wall and well nobody else has come up with one. Yeah, anybody. That's, that's the other thing. Yeah, everything's vague from the other yeah. side. Oh, yeah. well, drones and something. Yeah. <laughs> yes, okay. Yeah, we're all <laughs> we're all for drones unless we want to talk about it in the Middle East and then and then it's terrible. <laughs> so, uh, we've been using drones for years and there's so as soon as you say drone then you know we have this issue of um, 
well, let's just use drones. Well, weren't you just screaming about us not using drones last week? So, um, but there's that that uh, middle ground as well. Yeah. Well, and and like drones and wall. Isn't that going to be better than drones and no wall? I mean, yeah. Anyway, it's yeah. We we could beat this to death, and and like <laughs> like Joe and I talk. We're not necessarily here to report the news and say everything that's been going on. So we're not going to get into all the details about what could be instead of a wall. You can find that somewhere else in line. But yeah. but but definitely a barrier is necessary. And I was disappointed that Trump folded. So that's that's kind of the thing. <clears throat> but yeah. uh, there's been some other. Gosh, I always like talking about the fun stuff a little more than the serious stuff, but we need we need to do both. Um, uh, Dan, did you hear about the transgender woman, which means a man, right? That was transferred to the women's prison. <clears throat> no, I did not hear about that. Um, he sexually assaulted four women before they finally transferred him back to a men's prison, <clears throat> and it was just. Yeah, and somebody's gonna have to make a call on this, at, at, you know, at some point. But they mentioned in the notes of some of the story. I, I read a couple different printings of the story, and they said that when there were times that he was noticeably aroused, and it's like, well, okay, at like, and, and here's the thing though: how many women do you have to sexually assault before? This becomes a bad thing. Why four? Right. You know, one probably was enough. Yeah. Shouldn't zero be a better idea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. but I mean, even if you said okay, he didn't. You know, one is definitely enough. Maybe right. zero is a better a better number because, I mean, even though they're criminals, we still want to protect women. And honestly, that's and and it's important to do that. But I just I couldn't believe that, and I don't know if there was pressure, like because it was a transgender woman that there was some kind of political pressure that oh we have to mm. put him in women's prison that that's more of the story that I'd, I'd actually should should read and get but the but you know the the big story was that four women were were attacked and it was it was horrible and uh, you know I hate that part of my heart that says well they were in prison so there's part of that I care a little less right and 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 this is this is a thing I like talking about on, on Doug and Joe talk when, when my heart isn't right I want to admit it so I don't like the fact that my heart's saying well, they were prisoners, so I don't feel as bad as if it was four women that go to church with me. Right. But I but I should. My heart should feel just as bad, and sure. this is ridiculous. Sure. So, uh, any, I'm, I'm so perfectly right on this, you probably don't have any comments, right? No, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. No, no, it, it's, it's, it's very difficult for me because I, <clears throat> I am not somebody who necessarily cares to force my opinion on anybody else or force my views or I'm right, you're wrong. We, like, I'm a, there's room for all of us at the table. Like, famous people have had, famous really good people have had really bad people at their tables and it was always, you know what I mean? So, I, I tend to, to sway a little more towards, we've all got to find a way to get along. And we may not agree, but we gotta we gotta find a way to be able to eat together. And so, I, I, and in my line of work, I've been semi forced, not not a hundred percent, because like I said, there's there's room for everybody. Um, I've been semi forced to to just turn a blind eye to the issue in general. Um, 
and I, I've seen uh, transgender inter, uh, individuals that were um, in the midst of their transformation that were, were um, genuinely uh, believed they were destined to be the opposite gender. Um, behaved completely appropriately, had yeah. romantic relationships with the people that they said that they were attracted to, um, and then I've seen those who said that they were, um, they were this gender, um, have very inappropriate relationships um, with the same gender, and and it definitely seemed like that they were using the transgender thing to to. Uh, put themselves in a position to prey on people. Yeah, I I, um, I wanted a cigar update and it, it give, give you a chance to say more, but I also want to talk about the fact that this this guy still had his wiener. Yeah. And so we're going to come back to that. Yeah. In a second. But I want to, I just, uh, I, I want to admit on the cigar update, I'm a little nervous because I, I expect this to be full. Even though it says medium to full, I'm expecting this to be a pretty pretty full powered cigar here. So I was nervous to retrohale and I tried a light retrohale and it was stinging quite a bit. I'm gonna try one more time here. Not bad, but a little, just a teeny tingle. Ooh, if I retrohale much, it's pretty, pretty stinging in the nose here. But um, interesting cigar. It's not sweet enough for me. And if yeah, if you're a dedicated listener, you know I say that a lot. Um, that's why I like, I think, the Dominican... I, I like when there's some Dominican tobacco in the cigars because I think that brings some of the sweet woodiness out and it balances good with the Nicaraguan. This is... Um, I'm liking the deep, earthy taste and I'm not getting the dirty earth that I get from some Nicaraguans, but it's it's deep earth and it's like... I, I'm going to call it coffee right now. I know coffee and dark chocolate can, can be confusing. I'm going to call it earth... So that fresh soil in the spring, when you dig up the ground, you smell the earth, and some coffee, and that's most of it. There's some spice, and I, when I say spice, I mean spicy, um, picante, uh, burning, just a little bit of the burning spice, not bake, not sweet baking spice. Um, and there's a there's a mineral, a mineralness that's coming in with the dirt, like a I can't identify the specific mineral, but like like rocks, you know, when you smell wet rocks or wet concrete, how you get that kind of stone. Um, there's a, there's a mineraliness to it and it's not bad, but it's, it goes what I would expect kind of with the soil, like maybe a rocky soil kind of thing. And, um, and, and I'm, you know, I, I'm by no means a, con, a, a connoisseur of cigars. I'm just doing the best to identify what I think I'm tasting. And, um, uh, you know, there, gosh, there might be coke that coffee, dark chocolate, cocoa that can get mixed. There might be just a hint of cocoa in there. I don't want to give it too much credit because usually when I when I taste cocoa, I want it to be some sweet. But but that's where I am right now. So that's I talked long enough. That's where we are in the first cigar update. Now let's go back to the fact that this guy still had his wiener. Right. Because that that might matter a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm not an expert on that, but if, sure. the, if the guy still has his wiener, yeah. and he's claiming to be a woman. Especially if he's noticeably aroused. I mean, that was after they already transferred, right. I think, and he was noticeably aroused. That just seems like there's a problem there. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if he got his wiener whacked off, right. then I, I, I'm still not sure I'm in favor of transferring him, but at least at that point, you're he's maybe... He's committed. Yeah, he's pretty committed, he's committed at that committed, point. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, now I, I think he could still sexually yeah, yeah, abuse yeah. women if he won, but, but I think that's a... Yeah, I mean, 
if he's if he's willing to go that far, I'm willing to give him a little credit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So for sure. And and did you have anything more to say about that? I just wanted to mention. No, I think I, I just I, wanted to say wiener on the podcast. I, yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, I think that's definitely worth mentioning because there is a there. It's so difficult because you don't know what motive is, and you don't know. Um, and you're absolutely right. Women sexually. Uh, sexually abuse other women all the time so it may have been unavoidable it may have been whatever but but when you when you say well we noticed this guy was sexually aroused when he was around the other women you start to you, at least I start to look at it and think okay this is the one guy at the nudist colony that still wears his t-shirt and walks around and has a boner all the time yeah and he he still has a mullet which is totally fine. I'm, I'm 100% in support of mullets. They're awesome. But he still has a mullet and wears a t-shirt that says relax all the time. So, like, chances are he's there to hook up with chicks. I, just call a spade a spade. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not sure that even that we need to say more about that. It just seems like a mistake, especially since women were assaulted. And, and there, there's another... I'm not sure if I can transition to this. I'm not sure if I put notes in here, so... Um, but but I know I heard a, I heard a story it might have even been on Steven Crowder's show uh, he had a clip from a lesbian so that would have been a gay woman who was yeah. you know when you hear LGBT etc thrown out there it's all thrown in together right but as a lesbian woman she was saying whoa hold on no they're not always together as a lesbian woman I'm telling you that if a man claims to be a woman, that's different. I'm not interested in him. Right. And in fact, women's rights are being violated by him saying I'm a woman. And she was real, real hardcore for women. And even though she was a lesbian, she was saying I am not in favor of transgenderism. And I think she was battling maybe some law <coughs> somewhere, <coughs> if I remember. But it was interesting... To hear a lesbian woman saying no, yeah, yeah. we're not always linked to the LGBT. You can, you can. Some of us don't agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, I, and I've known some gay men that think, uh, and this is just their opinion, not not my own. Um, I've I've known some gay men that were very against the LGBTQ community or LGBTQ plus, whatever it's called now. Um, but they were incredibly opposed to the LGBTQ movement in general. Yeah. Um, they. In, in many, many terms um, and in many facets were completely opposed to the movement as a whole. Yeah, and, and I, I have friends from years ago um, who are gay and lesbian friends, and, but, but I, I actually think the gay, and this is, I'm not saying everybody, but from my experience, the gay men uh, are actually probably a little more accepting of everybody and, and the lesbian women that I've been in touch with actually were a little bit, ah, uh, I don't want a relationship with a guy. So if a transgender woman who was born a man, right, I would, they'd be like a, a little bit afraid of yeah. that person because they, they kind of like congregating with just females. The, the, it's the relational and, right. and the sexual both. I, I don't, <coughs> just knowing them, right. I would say they would, they would definitely be, be opposed to that. And of yeah. course, maybe I should have one of them on the show sometime to, yeah. To, talk about that so well i 
I think now that I got to say the word wiener on the podcast a few times and talk, <laughs> I think I think I'm, we can go to something else. Did you did you see since since your last name's Gillette? Yeah. <clears throat> did you see the commercial? Uh, the, no. The it was it, it so. Um, if you haven't, it's out there. You can see the new Gillette commercial. It's kind of anti-man. Um, yeah. And I will say it's not completely anti-man. It's like they take some of the things that you should say about being a man and they want to say, be nice to women. Um, they want to say, don't rape women. Or they don't come right out and say that in the commercial. But right. the commercial said some good things. Except it was basically equivocating fat white men letting their boys fight in the yard and just saying boys will be boys means that those boys are going to rape girls. Mm. And that's basically what the Gillette ad was saying. Got it. And it was a little bit racist too in that like none of the white guys were the good guys in the video. Mm. And but but it was just it was hammering saying like all masculinity is bad. Yeah. And uh, you know, unless you're, unless you're a, a metrosexual mm. male that ra that raises your boy to, you know, to I don't know, to to wear lots of hairspray and right. and maybe a little eyeliner just sure. to look, to, you know. But and so it, it gets complicated. If you haven't seen the commercial, you should see it. And I, you know, I don't know what brand of razor that I I have a beard, so I don't shave much. But whatever razor I used, if it's a Gillette, I'm never going to buy it again. Probably. I got that. <clears throat> and besides, Harry's is probably better. That's uh, what I use. My yeah. last name's Gillette, and I use Harry's. Yeah. So here we go. Yeah, and Walmart sells Harry's, and I'm just like, man, those yeah. are... I've heard they're really good. I actually haven't used a Harry's razor, but when the when the ones that I have run out, I'm going to try Harry's. I, and I'm only going to try Harry's yeah. because of this commercial. Right. So right. it's just... It's nuts. So... Um, um, and you didn't see the commercial, so you can't. no. So but you, I, I've seen I've seen plenty of the backlash, and and here's where I would land. Mm -hmm. I would I would land on the side of yes, women should be respected at all costs. That's the way I was raised. Period. Yes. Um, I don't think that a lot of the uh, mainstream thought process on how women should be respected is actually valid. That's probably going to get me some hate, and I understand that. Um, now, I think everybody should respected, be respected, and I am the type of person that generally, when I say the word honor and respect, to me that means that I elevate them on a plane higher than myself. Yeah. I don't hold a door for a lady because she can't hold a door for herself. That's never my intention. Yeah. I don't believe that's most men's intention. Obviously, there are men out there who feel like women shouldn't do anything. Bad. That's bad. Don't don't be that guy. Yeah. Um, however, I would hold the door for a guy. That's I'm not holding the door yeah. strictly because you're a lady. I am holding the door because I want to elevate you on a plane higher than myself. That's how I serve. That's one way that I serve <clears throat> people is to be respectful and honoring. Um, <clears throat> now, th that's me. That's well, the way I was raised. Well, well, well put, Dan. And I, I've heard people say the reason women's rights sorta don't matter is because women, human rights, are women's rights. And yeah. if you say men and women are the same, yes, then it's like that actually takes a little bit away from women yeah. because if there's a heavy suitcase there, and it's yours, 
I'm probably not going to offer to carry it. Right. But if it's your wife, right. I'm going to offer to carry it. And it has nothing to do with thinking she's incapable. Right. It's actually a way to honor her in a way, because our relationships are different. Right. You're a man. We relate differently than I relate to a woman. Sure. And, that, and that's okay. Sure. Um, it should be that way. In fact, I might have said this on a podcast before, but um, it's this. Uh, Andrew Claven said something like this at one point. He said, if there's 10 guys in a room doing guy things, whatever guys are doing, right. um, and a woman walks into the room, he said, it raises the level of the room to yeah. a different level, and he said it should. Right. It should raise it to a level. And he said, and he even went as far to say this, and I agree with him, he said, and if she starts to cuss and drink and smoke cigars, then the guys start to think, I'm not I'm not sure I like her or I want her here. I'm not sure what I, I think about yeah. that. Yeah. And the guys actually get a little uncomfortable with it because yeah. you're really not being the best woman you can at that point. Right. Right. It would be better if you take your cigar and your whiskey and you go with your girlfriends and go smoke and drink over there and leave yeah. us alone yeah. because we're different. Right. And and that's okay. And he, Clavin didn't say all that. Some of that's some of that's my own yeah, yeah. commentary there. But um, I, I like him a lot. He's he's really helped me um, um, think about you know, the, the differences between men and women and, and hopefully help me be a, a better man to my right. to my four daughters and my one wife, right. <laughs> you know. Well, let me add this one other aspect of that, um, going back to the suitcase thing. If you and I and our wives were at, at say, we're at the airport and and uh, there's a heavy suitcase oh, there, there um, you may not offer to carry my heavy suitcase. Um, but if I said to you, hey, Doug, this, I got two heavy suitcases here. Would you mind helping me out with one of them? Oh, I'd be I sure. would guess you would yeah, help me. Yeah, sure thing. Right? Sure they're, thing. They're, yeah. So, um, it's not that that you think that anybody's incapable, right? Um, I think it's a respect thing. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. And it's and it's a respect of people in general. Correct. And but because men and women are different, we, right. we treat women a little different. Right. So. All right, it's a perfect time for a cigar update, and I want to talk about the ash a little bit because I didn't mention when the first one fell off in Dan's truck. <laughs> um, I decided just now to tap the ash off outside the window so I don't have another one fall in Dan's truck. Um, but I've lost the ash twice, and I'm, I'm not, I don't think I'm at the halfway point yet, but I didn't want to say the first one fell off. I don't think I was wiggling too much. The ash hasn't been long. I don't care if the ash is long. <laughs> Sometimes people think that's a cool thing. I mean, I've had... I don't remember what I smoked at poker night a while back, but I had like a three-inch ash. It was crazy on my cigar. I've never had one that long before. Forgot what it was. Oh, I was smoking the Arturo Fuente uh, Añejo, which is an amazing cigar. But the ash was like hanging on forever. It was pretty cool. But I, I tapped this one off just now. The, the, it was at about the length of the other one, which is probably an inch or a, or a hair more. I probably lost three inches of the cigar, but I tapped it off outside the window. So I want to... <clears throat> I want to talk about the flavor, which this is really consistent and uh, can be a good thing or a bad thing. And I will say it's humidified perfectly. The, the burn line, it, it fell off just perfect, when I even when I tapped it. Um, and I'm still getting that deep earth. And the mineral's interesting. I, that mineral taste, that stone, kind of wet stone taste is not something I, I recognize getting in cigars uh, before. And uh, I will say that I think I mentioned cocoa before because I saw it in the description, but I'm gonna say it's not cocoa. It, it's a it's a deep earthen coffee. 
Um, so if you can imagine that damp earth smell in the spring with some coffee in it. And it's actually a pretty pretty bold, just a hint of bitter coffee. And um, I'm kind of liking it. It's, um, and I always forget to mention this. It, if I don't say a cigar is dry, it's probably oily. And the cigars that I we usually pick for the show, they're probably going to be oily cigars because that's what I like. This has got a nice amount of oil on it. Um, in the it just it just lays on the tongue. And there's this, um, and the aftertaste. There's just a little bit of of woody non sweetness that's kind of laying on the tongue there with the oil. And it's interesting. It's again not as sweet as I would like. I'd like a like a hint of sweetness there. That's why sometimes I smoke pipe tobacco because it's really sweet usually. Um, but I do want to mention something um, at Poker Night, and this is a, just a cigar thing, not this cigar, but at Poker Night, my buddy had uh, a Rocky Patel Connecticut, and I had the Arturo Fuente Añejo. Two completely different cigars, completely different end of the spectrum. And I, we tried the pre-draw, and I wanted to try the pre-draw on the Connecticut and compare it to the Añejo, and they were just noticeably completely different. And when I handed my Añejo to Mark, who was smoking the Connecticut, or going to smoke the Connecticut... He said, wow, just on the pre-draw, he's like, I'm getting oil. He's like, that's what you guys talk about on the podcast when you say oil. It's like, yeah, you can tell. It's a, it's softer in the mouth. It's it's damper. It's a, you know, it's not quite as dry. And dry isn't, I mean, I've smoked a dry cigar that's bad dry, but a good Connecticut that's got a little drier smoke and not quite as, that's not a bad thing. It's just a different cigar. And this one is just nice and oily. And this is just really consistent, and I'm not sure I... I ought to smoke an aged cigar and compare it to a non-aged cigar sometimes, because I'm not sure I know what aged tobacco tastes like, but I would guess that if I'm going to smoke an aged Nicaraguan... And you know what? I probably like this Nicaraguan more than any other one I've smoked, except maybe the Pepin. The Pepin Blue was pretty good. Anyway, but I don't want to talk too long here. But this is... It's nice and smooth. It's not harsh, and it doesn't have the dirty the dirty earth, so I'm liking this, good and consistent. Um, the spice might have died down a little, too. Um, so, uh, anyway, there's the second cigar update. Um, <clears throat> real, okay. real quick, I'm going to yeah. add that I just happened to, <clears throat> you mentioned pipe tobacco, mm -hmm. and I remembered that these cheap little Swishers, BLKs that I smoke are pipe tobacco. Are they? Okay, cool. And, and I just on the off chance that they were going to put what kind of tobacco they were on the label, it does say that it is uh, made in the Dominican Republic. Ooh, there you go. So, yeah. for what it's worth. Yeah. Well, I, I do, and and the thing is with pipe tobacco, tobacco, it's usually, even if it's not flavored, it's usually processed with steamed sugar. So, pipe tobacco almost always tastes sweeter. Right. Than cigar. So, if you're getting Dominican pipe tobacco, it's going to probably be sweeter than Dominican um, cigar tobacco, but I do think Dominican in general... At least in my experience, I'm not... I just need to talk and not tell people I'm stupid, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I think Dominican tobacco is, in general, sweeter. Um, so, um, there was one interesting thing said... Uh, I want to get, get back... Were, were we done with that? What were we talking about? We are talking about the Gillette commercial and all that. Yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah. we were done with that. Um, Elizabeth Warren said something, and I don't have the exact quote, but it, it's pretty close. I put it in, in italics. I think... Uh, this is this is this might be an exact quote from her, but when she was announcing her run for government, and I'm, I'm assuming you know who uh, Elizabeth Warren is, that the end of her sentence she said uh, the, the quote is more power to balance the power of big corporation in Washington. So she wants to give the government more power. Yikes. 
And, and, and she was saying the power of the people. Give the government more power from the people to balance the power of big corporations' power in the government. And she's making this pitch as she's announcing her candidacy, and I'm thinking, wait a minute. Why don't we just cut the legs out from under government? Why don't we right. just take all the power away so that the corporations can't lobby the power? That would be better. Right. Um, and, and she's wanting to try to fight power with power, and I just think in, in some cases the government shouldn't have the power where a big corporation can come in and lobby it in such a way that it can hurt the individual. So... Uh, how how we how we fight how we fight politically has to be different, and I'm completely against what she said. Did, did that make sense? Yeah, 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 for sure. All right, you got any comment on that, Dan? Um, spoken out of mostly ignorance, uh, again, just opinion, and I, I will I'll admit ignorance because I don't uh, I don't understand how non-government run businesses truly control the government um, and I know they do and I know that it is because of governmental interest in how those corporations spend their money and, and I, you know and I know it's a money trail thousands of miles long and and hundreds of miles deep and, and I get all that um, what I don't get is how it got there yeah. Like, I don't understand how somebody at some point thought, well, I don't want to make ABC Corporation mad, so I will I will write a bill, I will write a piece of legislation, I will pass a law that, that is in the interest of ABC Corporation. Um, and then DEF Corporation found out and said, well, I've got billions of dollars that I can funnel... Th- and I, you know, I guess I don't understand how the greatest nation on earth can be <clears throat> uh, swayed so heavily, uh, especially in in a time where there are thousands, millions, possibly billions of great ideas. Um, and at some point, in my opinion, the government should say, uh, if we are for the people, by the people. Um, The government should say ABC Corporation. uh, And I don't mean American Broadcasting Corporation, by the way. That's just a, you know, generic ABC Corporation. Um, And it's no longer in our best interest to allow you to control uh, policy. And if you choose to take your $5 billion and go elsewhere, um, I am sure uh, that we can sustain uh, this country with one of other one of the other 20 billion great ideas. Uh-huh. Well, let, let me see if I can put some legs to this. Now, I'm not sure if I'm actually smart enough. I can't give you the history, but there is a history in how the government got so big, the regulatory state got so large. There's there's some history there that I've heard, but I'm not an expert enough to tell you. But let me let me speak in some generalities here. So, if if there's a corp somebody starts a business, they're small. They start a business. They're they're a small business. They grow, they get 50 employees, they get 100 employees, they get whatever. Um, if somebody wants to say, oh, wait, you know what? We should, every, everybody, every employer should give health care because that's just, that's just a good thing. Or everybody should give at least two weeks a year. You can give more if you want. And so the government passes a regulation that says you have to give two weeks a year off. 
and then they have to put some kind of um, uh, some kind of bureaucracy in place to measure it and to regulate it to make sure that 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 regulation is followed. So, and, but what that does is the big corpor- as the corporation grows, if they say, "Well, I'm okay with that," sure, let's. I will vote for the two week thing. But what happens is two weeks vacation here, more regulation here, more, those things snowball, and eventually right. the little guy uh, that says, "Well, I only have five employees, but now I have to." If I have to hire an employee that can understand the regulation so much, I can't afford to, to, to wade through all this regulation and to do all these things correctly. Only the big corporations can handle it. Mm. So it gets to the point where the, the big corporations lobby the government because they're okay with saying, yeah, these regulations are all right. We'll give you money. Keep these regulations. Keep this going. Because it makes it harder for the little guy then to compete. Mm. And it's a way to, to kind of weed out the smaller competition, or at least keep the competition small, because they can't afford to grow because there's too much bureaucracy in just hiring a person, in just providing them benefits, in providing them salary, and then and time off and all that, and it, the government shouldn't be that involved in business, um, and I honestly believe that if they hadn't been, we'd probably be still pretty close to the same place. I don't I don't think if the government wasn't saying you have to give somebody a 15-minute break every three hours, uh, you know what, maybe we'd still have a 15-minute break every three hours because, you know, if you're doing your job, the company might say, look, you know, we want to treat our employees right. right. And if I don't treat my employees right, you're going to go work for that guy over there that does give his people right. a 15-minute. So I don't think <clears throat> we need the government bureaucracy. I think the free market kind of takes care of it. But when the government gets to the point where there is a administrative state big enough that there are all these rules, the big corporations are the only ones that can pay for it, and it's kind of in their interest to keep that there to limit their competitors mm. that are smaller. And I, I like the small guys, whether right. it's small batch cigars. I mean, and cigars are way overregulated. The government just needs to needs to get out of that altogether. I mean, the fact that they're involved in vaping and all mm. kinds of other stuff, it's like... Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't want to get into all that. But that's the that's the best I could say about sure. how 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 big government and corporations get in bed together, mm. and that hurts the little guy. And she's saying, "Well, I want more power in government to help the little guy." But that, no, take the power away from government, right? So that the big corporation and the little guy are on the same same playing field. Because when you're a bigger business, it is a little easier for you to expand. But not that's not because of government regulation. It's because you've got scale. Right. You know, you've got 100 employees. You're making more products. That's just normal business. And that should be left to, to, to go freely. Did that yep. make sense at no, all? No, for sure. Okay, good. For good. sure. Just tell me I'm smart and I'll invite you on the podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, we got a few minutes. What do I want to go into? Um, so I think the New York abortion bill, I think I, we can cover that. Hmm. Um, did you hear, hear about that? That's a, that's a big... Uh, yeah, I've heard some. So I heard a real interesting clip today. Um, um, if I talk too much, the cigar will go out. That's why I gotta mm. let, let you talk some here. So, basically, New York um, uh, passed this law that you can uh, have an abortion uh, clear up to the last minute. Mm. And um, in fact, the audio that I heard, I don't know who they were asking, but it was a female that was endorsing this bill, and they were basically saying, "So, third trimester, a woman." can get an abortion and 
the person promoting the bill is kind of like, well, that's really up to the doctor. You know, if there's a health issue or whatever, it's like, no, no, we're not talking about a specific case. We're talking about your bill. Is that allowed? Third trimester. And she said, yes, it's allowed. He said, well, what about if she's in the doctor's office and she's dilating, she's ready to give birth and, and, but she's emotionally, you know, traumatized or whatever. Does your bill allow it? And again, the lady said, well, that's up to the doctor to decide if she's, no, no, no. Does your bill allow it? She's dilated. She's ready to give birth to the baby. Can they abort the baby? And the lady's like, the bill would allow that. Mm. Like, last second. You know? And it's like, that just seems utterly ridiculous. Yeah. But apparently, it's law. Mm. And I'm... Gosh, I'm just not sure how we got to that point. Um, in our world, it's just... I, that's horrible, and I believe it's wrong. And I, I guess, if you don't like it, you can move out of New York. Yeah, um, you don't have yeah. to live there. Uh, I mean, just add that to the list of add that to the list of reasons why it sucks to live in New York. I guess, yeah. uh, <laughs> especially if you're a, a baby. Um, yeah, I something interesting about me, and I, I don't, I'm not making a light of this at all. Okay, I'm actually. <laughs> Once I get through this, I think my sense of humor is dark. Mm-hmm. So, um, I like to write skits. Uh-huh. And, and I have all of these great ideas that I write down. And one of these days, I am fully intend to pitch these to Saturday Night Live or Second City or one of these or comedy. Steven Crowder. Yeah, somebody. <laughs> um, and, and so, uh, I have this oh. skit that I, that I wrote. A couple of months ago, and I'd like to see it. I haven't even heard it yet. Yeah, I wrote it a couple of months ago, and, and I was. Hey, can, can I? I want to pause you. Yeah, yeah. Because this is something you'll remember, and we can come back to. Yeah, I want to do. I want to do a cigar update, and because then we'll remember to come back to your skit. So, um, uh, completely consistent. This will be a short update. Um, try to retrohale. It's um, the retrohale is stinging my nose, so it's been a light retrohale. But it's it's uh, intensifying the coffee in the back of my throat. But everything else about the stick is consistent. I do think a little bit of the spice has died off. But it's when I retrohale, it, it definitely burns my nose, and some of the spice comes back. But it intensifies the coffee in the back of the throat. It's not it's not in the front on the palate. So I'm getting this weird damp earth, that that d- dark earth on the front, but then the coffee in the back of the throat. Interesting. And I, you know, I don't like pairing, but. I wonder if drinking coffee with this might actually taste good. Mm. Um, so, there's my cigar update. Now tell me about your skit. <clears throat> so, oh, I, jokingly, a couple of months ago, I was I was uh, talking to some. We were talking to somebody. I was talking to somebody about um, they they were trying to trap me, much much like the Pharisees tried to trap Jesus. You know, strong comparison. Um, and they wanted to talk about abortion, which I generally try to s- just stay away from the topic somewhat, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> just because it gets so heated. Um, and so I sat down that night and I was just, I was like, you know what we need? What you know what we really need in this country in 2019? We need an 18 year old abortion law so that when your kid pisses you off when he's nine, <laughs> you can invoke the 18 year old abortion law. <laughs> 
and where we're going as a country I is, love it. is that you can abort your child up until their 18th birthday. 11.59 on their 17, when they're 17. I love it. 11.59, um, you can abort them up until that point. And so this just feels... This <laughs> and it's a totally ridiculous. I I'll, I'll clean my room, yeah, Dad. Yeah. I'll clean my room. I will. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, kid. Uh, <laughs> they, they passed the bill. Um, it's out of my hands. Uh, mm. Government says I have to eliminate you. Um, the, the tribe oh. has spoken. The tribe has spoken. We voted. Yeah. Uh, so wow. totally ridiculous, of course. But when I hear <laughs> this New York abortion bill, I can't help but think <clears throat> the next step is like we gave it a year. It sucked, so we just took care of the problem. Yeah. Sad. Completely sad that I think that that might be where we're headed. Because the 18-year-old abortion law was absolutely, obviously <laughs> supposed to be completely farcical, completely satirical, but I just can't help but think that, you know, I mean, I just see another skit where, like, they pull the baby out and they're like, I don't really like his eyebrows. Uh, take him away. Yeah, you, you know, it's sad. It's sad to me. It it, it is. It is. And I, yeah, gosh, I uh, you know I'm reminded of this is really random, but I remember in I think it was junior high. It might have been high school. Reading, um, I think it was called a modest proposal. Is what it was called. I can't tell you who wrote it, but someone wrote um, a short story about how to solve the problem of hunger in the world mm. and it was the fact that <clears throat> you know um, women get pregnant and sometimes don't don't want their children and, and and it was written in a really creative way where until the end of the short story you didn't quite catch on that they were saying hey this the these are this is food just help the, the people that are starving can can eat these <laughs> Babies that are un unwanted, <laughs> and I'll have to look. That, I'm gonna have to Google it and see if it is a modest. But I think it was called a modest proposal. And I'm like, you know, and back back when I was in high school, that was a long time ago. I mean, abortion wasn't even such a big deal. No. I, I mean, someone very close to me in my family, in fact, long when I was really little, um, had an abortion, and it really back then even it wasn't a big deal. But now that we have the science that pretty much says, you know very few weeks into the pregnancy you can look at an uh what are they not mri what are they called ultrasound ultrasound look at an ultrasound and be like yeah that, that's pretty pretty much a baby yeah, <laughs> there. Yeah. it's definitely not a duck right you know <laughs> so it's, it is a human it's a human yeah. it has a heartbeat a separate dna and it's just a yeah but i i love that the 18 year <laughs> i love that 18 year old abortion yeah. i promise i will give you credit every time i mention the 18 year old uh. abortion bill i i will from now on <laughs> I really hope. I hope you make some money on that one. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Um, so, <laughs> so um, I don't know. Does anybody care about Venezuela? <clears throat> um, I don't know. Like in general? <laughs> well, they're kind of, um, you know, we're, here, here's all I know. And I'm, I'm not sure why to care about Venezuela specifically, but, you know, Trump did call whatever his name was, Juan uh, uh, Guaido, and basically said, we're supporting you, you know, as the leader of Venezuela overthrowing Maduro, because Maduro's a piece of crap, basically. And actually, the interesting thing is that uh, Guaido is like a like a liberal. He's, mm. he's, he's a leftist. But still, at this point, it's like, 
um, a, a leftist that's going to be somewhat moral and try to take care of his people is better than someone that's just completely selfish and trying right. to, uh, you know, overrun the country and take all the profit and take all the gold and uh, right. what have you. And, and I'm, there may be, I, I, I'm not smart enough to know why we should be involved. I, I'm kind of an isolationist in that I don't think, mm, don't let my cigar go out. I'm kind of an isolationist in that we shouldn't get involved, but I do know, at least generally I can speak, sometimes there are places where we need to be involved or it's our interest to be involved or somebody else will be. I know right. there's lots of oil in Venezuela. If we're not helping and kind of keeping an eye on it in the right way, Russia's going to jump in mm -hmm. and try to take control and, and take all the oil because oil oil means a lot to, to good old Vlad right. over there in Russia. And it's my understanding that Venezuela has so much untapped oil that it's kind of like one of those places where it's like, gee, who can... You know, who's going to buddy up to them? And so, you know, if we don't want some bad guy like Russia coming in, you know, how much do we need to get involved? I, I right. don't know. I'm not smart enough to say for sure, but I can say that maybe we have an interest there. Um, I'll have to get a little more educated on that. Um, do you have any more comments so I can draw on my cigar since you're uh, smoking now? You know, I, I don't... I really haven't seen anything about it. I... I get that we want to align ourselves with, we want to align ourselves um, with folks who have, uh, for example, we're, China's a perfect example. Um, we couldn't be more polar opposites culturally, yeah. um, but China offers the United States a lot of advances and a relationship with China makes sense. Um, <clears throat> In many ways. Now, if we didn't have a relationship with China, could we find somebody who considers themselves an American citizen that could uh, fill that void? Almost well, absolutely. Well, it, here, I want to piggyback because you said relationship. A relationship yeah. has power. Any relationship. A friendship, a relationship. There is some power yeah. just in having a relationship. Now, sometimes you have to take political power, but even with China, if you have a good relationship, you have the right sometimes to say, hey, quit doing that. Right. That's bad. Right. And they might stop. Right. Now, if you have to put pressure on them, that, that can hurt the relationship, but sometimes you have to. Right. And um, so so I think that's smart in saying that, that relationships matter, and, and I've talked about relationships in the past. <clears throat> and um, and uh, um, because we're a little, we're, we're running up against the clock here. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump off of that yeah. and jump to something else a little more lighthearted here to wrap up. And I think this is really cool. Um, do you remember when um, Rand Paul got like tackled by his neighbor? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, they settled the lawsuit. Okay. Okay. And this is great if you if you didn't know this, um, the jury awarded Rand Paul. $582,834.82. So mm. some of it's medical, some of it's pain and suffering, and there was some, something else there. But it's like, it's like, oh, man, the world is operating how it should. Mm. You know, if you go and you tackle your neighbor and break three of his ribs or whatever it was that happened to him yeah. for just because you're pissed off at him politically. Right. Yeah, yeah, you should be fine for that. Yeah. Now, I don't know all the details. $500,000. $500, that sounds like a lot. But... <laughs> It but, sounds like he's going to be voting. Yeah. It sounds like his, it sounds like he has an obligation to vote one way for a long time. Yeah, probably so, so he's dead. Well, and I want to <laughs> I want to end with Paul's quote cuz guess some politicians just they 
somebody, maybe somebody wrote it for him. I don't know. <laughs> but I like what he said. He said, this lawsuit wasn't about me. It was about all of us and what we find acceptable as a society. We need to send a clear message that violence is not the answer anytime, anywhere. I like that. That's good. I like that. I'm That's not going to beat the shit out of somebody because they're a leftist. <laughs> right. And right. I don't want to see them beating the crap out of anyone right. else either. Right. So, okay, final cigar update. I don't even think I have to draw anymore. Um, it's consistent. I'm still getting... I, it's interesting. Again, it's not sweet enough for me. So, I'm going to say... I make the call at the end. I'm going to say I, I might not smoke this one again, but if I know someone that likes Nicaraguan cigars, I might gift it to someone mm. that I really like because it's not sweet enough for me, but it's interesting. I like the, that I'm getting the coffee in the back of my throat and the uh, that deep earth uh, in the front, and it's just got enough spice to keep me interested. It's not overpowering, and I, and I have to admit, um, if someone gave it to me, I would smoke it again. Mm. Um, I probably wouldn't buy it because it's not sweet enough, but that's the final cigar update, and... Uh, I don't know. What could I say something to my neighbor to piss him off so they'd tackle me so that I could get five hundred eighty-two thousand dollars? It seems lucrative. Yeah, it seems maybe like, uh, we should look into that. It I seems like it would totally be worth broken ribs. Yeah, I know. I know a couple of Democrats. I wonder if I could piss them off. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> better better end on better end on that one. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening to uh, Doug and Dan talk via Doug and Joe talk <laughs> tonight. I appreciate everyone that listens to Doug and Joe talk dot com. That's a wrap for tonight.